when the last angel falls, the fight for mankind begins. Because this is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons with nothing better to do on whatever night we decided to record this week. Spoiler alert, still Wednesday, just like it was last week and the week before that and a few weeks before that, because that's our schedule that works out best considering we're dads. This is dad edition. <laughs> High five. Woo! Yeah, Brian with his free wheel and dealing <laughs> life, his irresponsible nature. Oh, uh, yeah. Those are the days. days. No, I don't really. Yeah. Being a dad is actually pretty cool. <laughs> it's way better. Way less sleep. I think you're more grumpy, but it's still way better. Well, when I was single and alone, I was grumpy for other reasons. So, I mean, I'd rather be grumpy from lack Blue of balls. sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Still got them, but they're in my wife's purse now, so it doesn't bother me as much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chad, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, yes. God bless you for coming back. You excited to edit on your own face again? <laughs> no, it's definitely weird watching yourself and editing. It's yeah. awful. It is. Like, and hearing yourself. I was like, I sound like a total, like, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. Or when I, like, there have been times where I've listened back. I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I was thinking at the time. And I know I was wrong. And I wish I could correct it. And there have been times where I've literally had the conundrum of being like, do you think anybody would have noticed if I went to the garage and I put all my microphone and I overdubbed it? <laughs> I was like, that's not worth yeah. the effort, man. Just be wrong. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing is I was like, oh, I had this other thing I was going to say. And I ha and I didn't say that. And yeah, I think it was just a lot of like regrets. What could have been. Yes. The commentary that could have been. <laughs> yes, definitely. But I think you did a great job. We actually got some people who reached out. One fella said Brian better watch out for his job because producer Chad's about to swing his big old dick around. Paraphrasing <laughs> a little bit, but I mean, it's there. Oh, all right. Well, so, thank you, uh, whoever that was. I think it was Jason. I don't know. Justin, somebody. If if you're watching this and I got your name wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I can say. I sincerely apologize. We love all of our fans, of which there are not plenty. There's just so many we can't keep track. Jesus Christ. Countless numbers, yet we only have like, 50 followers on YouTube. So, yeah, what is that, dog? <laughs> the quest to 100. Uh, uh, if you can, just take a little, like, I've made fun of it. Fucking PewDiePie, that fucking guy who's like, oh, yeah, racist shit comes out of my mouth and I'm relevant because reasons. <laughs> I have never watched one of his movies, but I know that children are obsessed with making fake emails to make fake YouTube accounts just to subscribe to him because he's against somebody named T Series. I have no idea what you're talking about in any way. It's literally two accounts that people create <laughs> fake accounts to follow to change statistics. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And y'all can't spare a hundred <laughs> follows for us so we could have a custom URL. Uh, yeah. Come on, guys. Not that hard. Yeah. One of my favorite followers that we have is this gal, Heidi Doe. And she made a great joke one time because she and I were playing back and forth. You know how men generally are like, hey, sweetheart, why don't you smile? Right. So I did the reverse and I was like, you don't scowl enough. <laughs> and she, we were just talking about how her friends were going to be like, woman power, I'm going to throw a tampon at you. <laughs> and she was like, what even is a slasher spod? And I keep having this fear that somebody named slasher spod is going to steal our URL instead of slasher's pod. So okay. if y'all could, don't <laughs> fuck around with us. So um, Chadwick Wizzle, yes. Lee, the first Von Rothersberger. Mm -hmm. What movie are we reviewing this week? Uh, Legion. And I I really like this movie. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's dumb. It Don't is get dumb. Me wrong, but it is fun. I think most people hate it. But 
there's like several movies though that kind of like fit this style where i don't think it like tons of money was spent made pretty quickly they're just kind of like a mix of genres yeah um and i like them all (laughs) it's harmless yeah i think like you could group in like a constantine movie is kind of like this exactly uh the priest which is also the same director same like actor uh they're all like entertaining to me because they're trying to do something a little bit different yeah and i think that's what i enjoy the most out of them is that it's not just some i don't know formulaic you know well, well, I like this movie doesn't try and start necessarily a franchise like it kind of right. did. But, you know, you watch Dracula Untold and the whole fucking movie is building towards something. You're just like, OK, then why am I watching this movie? Show me the rest of the franchise. that's so important. Yeah. Whereas this is like, here's a self-contained story. If we wanted to make a sequel, we could. I miss that. Right. As I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. The first couple underworld movies, I think I've only seen two of them, but the two were like. They don't end on cliffhangers. They're like self-contained movies. And then the franchise just kind of built out of that versus from the first one being like, okay, well, there's this tremendous threat that here's our version of Thanos. Here's the thing that you need to wait for. This was just like, all right, well, we'll just make movie by movie and see what happens. Uh, It kind of ends on a cliffhanger in all of them, I believe. Really? Yeah, because I misremembered the fuck out of that. (laughs) I think after like they accomplish everything, she has like the voiceover where they're like, and they're still other you know vampires out there and, but not but, like, but not like, yeah. yeah yeah not like a visual not like empire like, strikes back we were like what the fuck <laughs> right yeah yeah no no nothing that like big but yeah. could you imagine like the cultural impact that empire strikes back had and having to wait for years until return of the jedi oh yeah no <laughs> it's crazy and it's before like the make a wish foundation was around <laughs> so the terminally ill kids just died and they yeah. didn't get to see an early screening or anything <laughs> That's the great injustice of our world. <laughs> yes. I'm, I've started to lose interest on stuff that like takes way too long and it, it's hard. There's so much content out there now that like if a movie takes way too long for the sequel, I'm done. That's yeah. why I was happy with Avengers like being so quick. You know, like Every one year one I was like, oh, that's fine. And that's one of the things that I really think that Marvel has been successful with. And I, I it looks like they're going to be diversifying more in the future, which helps. I just read they're doing the Ghost Rider with Robbie Reyes, which is fucking great. If you like comics, as far as reboots go, I think that is one of the most interesting takes on revamping a character. But Chad and I have talked about this. I like the revamping of characters. I really enjoy Sam Wilson as Captain America. But I also like Bucky Barnes as Captain America. I like Jane Foster as Thor. So I guess spoilers if you haven't. But I don't <laughs> like people want to talk about like, oh, it's pandering. It's just trying to get a female demographic or a black demographic or whatever. OK, but the art is the thing. You're commoditizing art, but you're commoditizing art in everything that you do, whether it's a movie or a radio show. Even this one day could be commoditized if we get 100 fucking followers. <laughs> no, my point being. You know, people want to act like art is sacrosanct. Art is a transactional experience. And so I was reading the Captain America with Sam Wilson, and there's a great scene where they're trying to politicize him buying Girl Scout cookies because there's a little black girl. There's a little white girl. There's this other girl. And they're like, which one's he going to buy from? (laughs) But that it was such a great tongue in cheek moment. He buys all of them. No, he only had five dollars. They made a point of that, too. (laughs) And the cynicism of it all. I think that it's super cool. Anyway, if you haven't read Robbie Reyes, one of the things I wanted to talk about on the show was doing a was tips for the well-rounded fright fan, which was content that's not necessarily horror that we enjoy. 
I would have thought about doing it at the end of the show, but hey, let's do it at the beginning because why the hell not? Yeah. I just punched my microphone. I got so excited. <laughs> What's your favorite revamped superhero if you have one? Oh, God. I, I don't know. You'll have to go first. Oh, geez. I really like Bucky Barnes, Captain America. I think that, that plot was really great. It, it fit on a lot of levels for me because, I mean, I have the original Captain or it's an Avengers series. It's Death Be Not Proud where they go back in time. And Captain America has to watch Bucky die again. So to me, when they brought Winter Soldier back, it was like this huge thing. And I was like, this is badass. And then so for him to take that mantle meant a lot because I have read that story and I have, I mean, I spent more than I should have on that comic and to have that kind of come to fruition and have this mantle and this idea of redemption, I thought was really rad. And also it kind of kickstarted the whole people taking the mantle like, you know, X-23 becoming Wolverine and so forth. Right. I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> oh, old uh, Logan? Uh, no, I love Logan, but I also loved uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, dude. Yeah, I think it was like one of the best Marvel ones. I think sure. I saw that six times in theaters. Yeah, it was great. Like you could take it out of the Marvel world, just have it a spy movie. And yeah. it's amazing. It's like a Bourne movie. Yeah, it's totally cool. Yeah. So sorry, we're talking about superheroes <laughs> for so long. I, I don't know if people care. There is a lot of overlap when it comes to horror and you know comic books and oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. But what's sad is there there is a tremendous amount of overlap if you're into the actual genre. But if you're into, like, let's say you're just a casual moviegoer who's going to see Avengers, that person's not likely to be the crossover fan. But if you're the person who's read the Avengers, nine times out of ten, I can find that person and we can find at least some horror movie to bond over. Right, yeah. And isn't there a... Marvel horror movie coming out soon, like uh oh, that Brightburn movie. No, that's that, James that's like, Gunn, but it's not yeah, that's Marvel. not no, no, no. I think there's a different one. Oh, you're talking about New Mutants. Yeah, New Mutants. Yeah, it's yeah. been postponed. At, when Disney bought, which is always a bad sign, but yeah, <laughs> but like the postponement has gone on and on. And right, they did a bunch of reshoots on that. Dark Some of the Phoenix previews movie. look kind of interesting, and I was like, oh, that might be cool. So why the fuck not? You just that's the thing. You just lost right by doing these reshoots and everything. You're not the first. Brightburn's going to be the first. Right, exactly. And the thing and it's is, the same thing as like I was anticipating it and now I'm waiting way too long and again it's like, eh, all right. Lost interest. Yeah. In fact, I will feel betrayed if I watch that movie and it hasn't been made better, which it won't. Right. No, there's no way because they're not going to reshoot the whole thing and yeah. Yeah. A couple reshoots is never going to save a movie. Never. Yeah, so. As, like if you've read the underlying Taking source stuff material out, like Star Wars, yeah. makes it better. I think so. <laughs> Simplifying like that's one of the, I, I argue all the time when it comes to Star Wars, A New Hope was saved on the editing room floor. If you listen right. to most people in the know. Right. And so simplicity, like the force being so simplified and vague kind of goes back to that episode we did a couple weeks, the, the Void. I like the vagueness of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah. Simplifying things instead of over explaining things. That even goes to Legion. They could have explained Fucking everything. <laughs> yes. Right? They could have explained the backstory with Michael and Gabriel and how he chose Charlie and why he put, why would he bring a new Christ? Why does there need to be a new Christ? Is it in the <laughs> book of Revelations? There's no whatever. Right. But instead, they're just like, here's this movie. Fucking enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so I guess the roundabout way of getting to where we were talking about is this movie, Underworld, Priest, they feel like just comic book issues. And I'm, yeah, fine yeah, with yeah. That. I totally agree. Yeah, it's just a simple like story, pretty sweet action for the most part. Yeah. Um, and uh, even the horror scenes are like good. I think you could easily like put a little bit more effort into the horror and it would be like even better. Oh, yeah. Like I think that's probably the cheapest part. It's is, a like, tweener. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
I think that if you spare a little bit of money on some of the action stuff, like just blankly shooting off of a roof with a gun <laughs> and spend a little bit more time on some of the practical effects when it comes to like the diner scenes. Right. This could be like an all time. Right. But it's not because it's a tweener. Right. Yeah. 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 If you reduce the action, you could have made it into a pretty dang awesome like horror movie. But I think one of the things, too, is it, at least 2009, you're talking about kind of untested territory when you're doing a big budget horror action film. Right. In that kind of realm where they lean harder on the action and less on the horror and use horror as kind of, you know, some of the subgenre. But I think this movie, if it was horror with a subgenre of action, nails it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And the action definitely just keeps the movement going a lot. And it's it's so vague, some of the action, but like the ending fight is pretty badass. Oh, dude, I love that fight. Yeah. I really love the <laughs> wings and stuff. So we'll get into that. When I goddamn feel like it. How about that shit? Yeah. All right. So I guess I feel like it now. <laughs> uh, in terms of any kind of trivia or anything for this episode, the show was followed up by a sci-fi series called Dominion, which I can't find fucking anywhere without paying for it. And I certainly don't want to pay for a show. I don't, don't know I'm going to like. I watched the whole first season and I think part of the second. And I remember almost nothing because it wasn't that great. Whoa. That was Chad, incredible. <laughs> he created a memorable moment by punching our semi brand new mic stands. All with this little finger. Yeah, it's all right. So we get into the statistics for the week. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Made on a no graphics of, of any kind. Just statistics. Knife here. <laughs> uh, I want uh, oh, 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 can you do Ultraman here? I love Ultraman. <laughs> Licensing, we probably can't. Did you know <laughs> at, at one point there was a survey that I read that Ultraman was the second most recognizable symbol in the world? Really? Yeah, it was Mickey Mouse, Ultraman, and then the Ghostbusters logo. Huh, interesting. And just in terms of branding, because this is back when I was doing stuff uh, in graphic design, I was like, that makes perfect sense. And what's so funny is that so many Americans are like, oh, do you know what Ultraman is? Let's talk about it. Send me your feelings, <laughs> your thoughts, your concerns. Yeah. I would love to like, how about this? I would love to see an awesome movie where it's like Ultraman or it's Voltron or it's Power Rangers, something to that effect, but horror. Yeah. You could make cool. something like that fucking terrifying. Yeah. I think they just released a Ultraman on Netflix, like a new one. Yeah. The anime kind of. Yeah. Like, but yeah. it's like shitty CG and yeah. yeah, it's not very good. I started watching. I was like, the artwork loses me on this one. For sure. It just does. Like, Even the still images, which are supposed to be the best part, not doing it. No. Yeah, I agree. But like, think about Cloverfield, right? I thought Cloverfield was super successful. So just imagine a human being's perspective of that kind of kaiju fight. Yeah. That could I, be I, so yeah. sick. Yeah. But it's just, they're not going to do it. Whatever. Fuck what I want, <laughs> right? But I am super stoked for Godzilla and, uh, you know, King of Monsters and then Godzilla versus Kong. And I'm a sucker for all those, though. So. Yeah, I've seen every single Godzilla movie. Yeah, I think I've talked about it pretty proudly on this show that uh, when Super Video Plus went out of business in Glendora, I owed them like 38, uh, what, 36, 78, I think it was the <laughs> end total in late fees because of all my Godzilla, because I, I would rent one and rent. And I was like always staggering it to try and get it in the perfect order for like a weekend viewing. And, you know, there'd be one missing. So I'm like, all right, fine. Then I'm just going to sit on this one. And then when it comes in, I'm going to rent that too. Yeah. I was a fucking weird kid. I was like Machiavellian <laughs> scheming. Like, all right, not uh, fuck me. Fuck you. And if you ever paid for those fees, it was useless because I worked at Hollywood Video. And if you complained, they would just be like, oh, okay, well, let's get rid of them. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. They just wanted you to keep renting because they're like, oh, you'll just go to some other store. Yeah. And they will also, they want you to buy the stupid popcorn and stuff. That they have a right, tremendous exactly. markup Exactly. Huge markup. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. You know who has a huge markup? Costco. 
You ain't fooling me, bitch. <laughs> we checked the price per roll when it came to toilet paper. Tried to fuck me in the ass with that toilet paper. I'm not handling it. Go to Target for that shit. You a Target guy? Uh, my wife is. She's I, a Target guy. Well, I don't know. This I haven't checked. Baby. Anyway, <laughs> the budget on this film twenty six million. Not bad. Gross sixty seven point nine million. Oh, that's dang. a win. Yeah, definitely. Even if you consider, I'm surprised they didn't like do some sort of second official movie. sequel. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's where Dominion comes in. Yeah, but it was on Sci-Fi Channel, which most of the stuff that they make is just. But at that time, they're trying to legitimize sci-fi. Remember, that's true. They did put a ton of money into Dominion, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely big. A lot of cast members and everything. So, and at that time, you know, doing well-developed television that was high cost, you didn't have fucking Game of Thrones at that point. Right. Sorry again. Well, actually, Uh, it's not far off. Yeah, yeah, you might have. That's crazy to think that show's been going on that long. Right. Uh, So opening weekend. January 22nd, 2010. I think this is this is before I start law school. You know what movie comes out the same weekend? What movie? Don't you dare look at my notes, you son of a bitch. Tooth Fairy with The Rock. I watched that movie in theaters pre-kids. I love that movie. <laughs> it's about hockey. It has the most charming professional wrestler of all time. And Billy Crystal returned to the silver screen for it. What's not to like? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Perfect. <laughs> The runtime, 100 minutes. Is it easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl? Oh, yeah. It definitely is. It's uh, it's very easy. It just flows pretty much straight into like horror, then action, then horror, then action, and then you're done. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of fat to trim. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but well, that's just because they're not leaning into horror. If they were doing suspense properly and building the right. ambiance, then fine. But they I didn't. mean, come on. They're, it's like literally in the diners the entire movie, too. So. It's a great idea, though. This is the fucking phone booth of uh, horror action movies because you have, you know, you're either in a diner or you're in front of a green screen and that's the movie. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. Yeah. Super simple to film cheaply, too. Exactly. Which, you know, we have looked into film production and we have a good friend who's sending us over some stuff. Going to work on a secret project. Got to keep it on the down low, but stay tuned. (laughs) I'm excited for all that. I'm excited for everything. Like if you're a creator, you create content. If it's music, if it's art, we have a bunch of stuff in the works to try and represent artists of all genres, creators of all types, whether you're doing something in horror, you're doing something in burlesque. I don't care. Share it with us. If we like it, we'll share along. We won't charge you. We don't, as of yet, we've never been paid. Don't get stabbed. Never paid us, but we supported them because we like their product. There's my plug. Whatever. Yeah, I totally agree. We have slasherspot at gmail.com. We have a P.O. box, whatever. Let us know. Happy to help. Moving on. Directed by Scott Stewart, who also did Priest within the same year that came out the next year. Also with Paul Bettany, blah, blah, blah. Right. Who did Dark Skies and then a bunch of TV shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't see any of his TV stuff. I think other than. Did he do Dominion as well? He was like of consult, but I don't think he actually directed. Okay. Then, yeah, I don't think I saw much of that. Did you see Priest? Yeah. I remember thinking Priest was pretty badass. Yeah, I liked it. Again, it's like the exact same formula for this movie. Yeah. You Add know, a little bit of horror with like the vampire vampires and then priests kill them and have a lot of action. What I it's a little of, bit more like anime, more action. Yes. But, but yeah. Very Trigun in its yes, presentation. Yes. Which I can't believe I even know that reference. <laughs> I don't think I've ever finished a full episode of it, but I know the art for that is so iconic. Yeah. It definitely uh, is. So, and I guess this that would make this kind of more Cowboy Bebop. Is that a good a- reference? Because of the way he's got that stylized kind of... Well, no, because he ends up in a fucking fisherman's vest later. I was right. talking about that jacket that he has at the beginning. Right. No. Not good. Mm, I don't... Yeah. 
I don't know what it doesn't pop into my mind yet what anime would flow with it. We'll figure it out. I wish that there was a third one with Paul Bettany and Scott Stewart that was a different genre, like maybe some kind of action fight thing in Atlantis or something weird. So you'd have kind of almost a man without a name trilogy in this really weird (laughs) thing, you know? Right. I love the man without a name trilogy. I think that's probably in terms of like a franchise, if you will, top three for me. Okay. I think that the content's great. I think that the reinvention is great. I love that concept. And so if Paul Bettany was effectively, you know, Blondie (laughs) and each one was so different, but some of the set pieces were the same, the creative perspective was the same. I'd really enjoy it. Okay. You you mentioned the Atlantis and I've been like, I love the story of Atlantis, but I've never really seen like a really good movie uh, adaptation of like anything. Well, what about Aquaman? That. I mean, uh, fucking sharks with laser beams on their heads. <laughs> yeah. You see, I didn't do the Dr. Evil voice. I didn't have to because you all know it. You heard it in your heads. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd also like a movie about Atlantis. Have you seen the animated Atlantis movie? Yeah. It's fucking good, right? It's not bad. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I won't, maybe saying good isn't the whole scene in Atlanta. Yeah, I guess maybe it's bad. What's the other one that came out? I like how you went from like step. You're like, oh, it's good. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's I just like the, it's bad. The French guy who blows shit up. I like. Yeah. What was the other movie that came out around kind of the same time? That's exploratory. I think I like Eldorado, that one. The road. To that's, Eldorado? that's DreamWorks. But I do love the road to El Dorado. If uh, only because of there's that animated gif where somebody put corpse paint on the guy when he's playing guitar. Yeah. Fuck. Sinbad? Tre- not tre- Treasure Planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Treasure Planet. Yeah, I think that's the one I like. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, again, it's taking something that's familiar, but you're making it weird. Right. But then you have Titan AD. You remember oh, that shit? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I did not, but yes, I did. How do you suck so bad? <laughs> but that's a great risk you take. You mm-hmm. know, I- imagine a couple. Here's the, uh, the thing with Legion, with Priest, a couple missteps. You're so fucking far off the mark. There's no coming back. Yes, yes. You can easily make one bad choice and you're done. Dunzo. All right. And then there's on. some people that just make bad choice after bad choice and they get more and more. Yeah. I don't get it. That's like us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter Schink and Scott Stewart wrote it. Schink also did work on the show Dominion, uh, not just because of his characters, but also in development. Music by John Frizel, who did music for Dante's Peak, Cradle to the Grave, and... <laughs> Beavis and Butthead do America, and you know why I'm wearing my monochromatic Beavis and Butthead shirt. <laughs> nice. I'm stripping down because it's about to get into snick names, which is what we call nicknames now because Jake stuttered one time and he decided to make a mockery of himself as penance. <laughs> We're going to have our Nick Cannon logo coming up if you listen on YouTube or watch on YouTube, however you want to do it. <laughs> and you have you have one nickname, I understand it. No, I don't. <laughs> I thought you had one for Tyrese Gibson. That's the only one I didn't have. So I think we made a complete set between us. No, I think mine was more for Lewis Black. Lewis Black? Yeah. Lucas Black. Oh, Lucas Lewis Black. Black, I was imagining an angry comedian. <laughs> I, like, I wish he was in that movie. Imagine that would be a great scene where Gladys's husband is outside and it's Lewis Black. And he's like, stop biting people all the fucking night. <laughs> yeah. No, for Lewis Black, I was just like the guy who almost destroyed the um, Tokyo Drift or Fast and the Furious genre because of uh, his work in Tokyo Drift. I hate this guy. So going to Lucas Black, he played Jeep Hansen. I want to call him Grand Cherokee. (laughs) That's right. Jeep Grand Cherokee. (laughs) Okay, that works. Paul Bettany. This is a hard one for me because I obviously am going to go towards the Marvel Comics reference. I have over 2000 comic books 
I have Captain America shield tattooed on my forearm. Like that obsession runs deep. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a man child. So of course I want to do something along those lines. Generally want to do the vision. Jarvis is kind of good. It's simple. Yeah, I think Jarvis would be the best because it's like his voice is definitely. Yeah, you there. can't unhear it. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine being cast and then John Favreau is like, no, 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 no. Just talk. And he's like, <laughs> but I am an actor. And he's like, just shut the fuck up and talk. <laughs> I listened to an interview that he did at Comic-Con 2009. Super charming, nice dude. It's like in a food court. And he's talking about making this movie and making Priest and how excited he is. And what I really liked, he spoke well of our good friend who I'm a huge fan of. And we've talked about Keanu Reeves. (laughs) He refers to Keanu Reeves as, quote, like a god. Because Jennifer Connelly, who's Paul Bettany's wife, was in the Day the Earth Stood Still remake with... Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves so when they were doing press together, they went out and he thinks he referred to him as like a god. Huh. That's a really interesting. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I just uh, I watched an interview with him too, and it was like about his kids asking him to dress up for Halloween, and he's like, "No, I'm you know how much makeup I have to put on in yeah. movies." And I was like, "Dude, I like this guy. <laughs> he's super cool. Like every time I see an interview with him, like." People had kind of posited him questions like, why would you do something like this? Because like, he's like, because I wanted to. Right. And then I do a stupid art house film and then I do this crazy action film because that's just the way I feel. And I'm like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally like that. Even though I'm also one of the people that I'm like, why well, isn't the guy made a movie in a long time? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> but that's just because I enjoy them and I hope that they would make more, you know, content. Yeah. But yeah, I totally would be the same where I'd be like, no, I'm going to do Broadway for some reason or something. Well, look at this show. I mean, I'm clearly horror is my thing. I go back. I, there, It's there. It's in my history. I have vivid memories of drawing two mutants ripping apart. Not mutants like <laughs> I'm an X-Man, but like mutants like piles of flesh with like spikes coming out of it, ripping a man apart in his entrails saying, I love you, dad, and giving that to my father. Like I'm a weird guy. But still, we ranted for 10 minutes on this show about comic books because diversity is fun. And I can only imagine being in that position and having people offering you jobs and be like, well, fuck, I'll pick this one and that one and this one. (laughs) Then people are like, whoa, 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 you can only pick this. He's like, no, no, no. I literally everybody offered me this work. Right. Who can blame him? That's really cool. Uh huh. Did your dad have a weird talk with you after? Oh, he was not happy about it. (laughs) I could just imagine his face being like, oh, this is good. But <laughs> oh, dude, what the hell? So fourth grade, I wrote a story about. A, oh, this is a bad story. <laughs> I wrote a horror story where a bunch of children. I swear to God, this is probably not good to talk about. I hope we can find this story, by the way. Um, and I we'll release it as Patreon. No, I think it. I think it was consciously destroyed by the principal at my <laughs> elementary school. I'm not kidding. I think it was a literally destroyed. Oh my gosh! It was a bunch of children. <laughs> They had a mean teacher. They cut the teacher's head off and put it in the cabinet. And they spent the remainder of the school year sitting in their desks, staring straight forward like automatons. And nobody (laughs) knew until the end of the school year that the teacher was dead. And so we had to have a conference and the teacher was there and they were like, this teacher's never abused you, right? And I was like, nah, dog, it's called fiction. Ain't you heard? And my dad was like, oh, he he watches these things and he reads things. They scare me half the time. And I remember like. Fuck. You know where you went wrong. You, you're like, yes, this teacher touched me. I should have. <laughs> then you're safe. Yeah. Pay that college <laughs> tuition. I wouldn't be fucking sending Navient half my goddamn earnings now. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh. That was awful. 
Yeah. I remember that and being like, my dad looking at me like he'd failed and being like, what? I'm just weird. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and then I want to like, you know, there's also the defensiveness where you're like, you're, you cause this. You let me watch RoboCop way too young. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So we move on. Tyrese Gibson. I have nothing for it. He was in Flight of the Phoenix with Dennis Quaid. So I was thinking of calling him the guy who was in Fast and the Furious in Flight of the... <laughs> I don't know. Do you got anything for this douchebag? Oh, I don't God. want to say douchebag. He is relatively charming in the film. Yeah, no, I actually like him as a character, but it, he does play kind of the same character too. Generic, right? Yeah, yeah. No. We'll call him concealed carry because he has a gun and then the other guy's like disappointed in him for having a gun. Oh, but it's definitely not a concealed for carry sure. license. <laughs> uh, we have Adrian Palicki as Charlie. Check this out. You know how the Virgin Mary was like this virgin who got the the Holy Ghost to come inside her and then he she had the baby. What is instead of the Virgin Mary, because this lady a hoe, we call her the <laughs> Urchin Mary. Urchin Mary? Yeah, like she's a street urchin. Oh, okay. like Aladdin. All right. <laughs> All right. We move on to Charles S. Dutton as Percy Walker. This guy plays the same character in so many things, but I like him. I fall forward every time. Wait, which guy? He's the cook with one hand who's like, oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. What do we call him? He's the backbone of the film, and we see his backbone. That is true. Backbone. Moving on, John Tenney is Howard Anderson, who's the dad of the troubled girl. Yeah. He, I don't know. He's just kind of a douchebag. I kind of wanted to tie this together. I wanted to call him daddy and her daddy issues. <laughs> that works too. Sorry. It's weird to call another man daddy, but bear with me. We move on to Willa. Yeah. Willa Holland, who is daddy issues. Yes. My second choice for her, for Willa Holland was Willa, you get a better name. <laughs> God damn it. Who thought Fantastic. that was a good idea? <laughs> Kate Walsh plays Sandra Anderson, the mom, Joan Crawford. She's mommy dearest. She goes yeah. fucking crazy at the end. She does. Yeah. Dennis Quaid is Bob Hansen, the diner's atheist owner. I have one alimony because he's very bitter towards his ex-wife <laughs> yeah that works that yeah. yeah that whole like talk is just like oh okay yeah it's like cool you could just have a lighter for reasons <laughs> yes it, like, whatever there's gladys miller who plays the old lady cameron harlow who's the minivan boy and doug jones who's the ice cream man doug jones has such a small part but he's awesome he deserves so. such a bigger part yeah like, that character the design is so creepy i remember seeing the trailer and being like that's cool right like he like you know he and Gladys are the two things from that trailer that make it seem super his, spooky. Yeah. His three minute role is better than the entire Ice Cream Man episode or uh, movie we uh, did. Yeah. Or the episode we did about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. No contest there. Let's move on. Chad, would you like to try and do a recap? Do you want to do our competitive recapitation like we did that one time? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. So you tell me the shortest version of this movie that you can. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> second coming <clears throat> of Christ and God tells the angels to go kill it. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, I, I have another one. Second coming interrupted. Yep. That yeah. works too. Really? I mean, the second coming of Christ is there, but it's the whole it's more of like of, attempted. Interrupted. Yeah. That's one <laughs> or of the, interruption. I really am torn by the ending. I like and hate it at the same time because it kind of gets phoned in, but it's also good. So we'll get into it because <laughs> now it's time for the slave I play. The little graphic. You can do a graphic here. You can do a graphic no, here. No, we're done. Graphic. Done here. with graphic. <laughs> we need standard graphics. So I don't have to do anything. <laughs> you know, everybody's obsessed with bobbleheads. I wish that there were more hula girls. Yeah. 
if you're out there and you have a bullshit Etsy <laughs> shop, how about you send us a custom hula girl with Jason Voorhees' head on her? I think that'd be the best. I'll put it right here. Yeah. Here, here. On I'll take the a Freddy one. That'd be cool. That'd be dope. I think that fits him a lot better. Yeah. Though. I could see some. Because you would see it in a movie. Of oh, his... yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you got a guy like Johnny Depp laying in bed and he's like, oh, yeah, that lady, I want to see your coconuts. And he's like, you want to see these coconuts? And he's like, no. Yes. Yep. All right. Moving on. Movie starts off with Psalms 3411. Okay. Then there's a, a the woman's voiceover regarding God being just. And then, well, that's what the mom said. And then the father leaves. And then she stops talking about God being loving and just. And then she begins talking about this dark prophecy. And when the daughter asks, why did this change? Quote, I guess he just got tired of all the bullshit. <laughs> yes. It's cute. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it definitely sets a tone for everything that's coming. And, yeah. you know, the whole tone of the movie is just, yeah, God pretty much lost faith in man. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah, I could see that. I think that if you made this movie a little bit earlier in the 90s, you know, obviously this was 2000, but in like specifically the 90s where a little bit more of that sardonic kind of attitude was around. I guess we'd call it Nirvana-itis uh, <laughs> and did practical effects that yeah. could really work because this cynicism I think is good. Uh, I think that the storytelling of her repeating it at the end is a little bit silly, but also works. Like, I I don't know how to phrase it. it it's redundant, but it's effectively redundant. Is that fair? Yeah, it is, but it almost feels I like it's patting it. itself I was on the like, back. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to like, hear all again. It's over. Yeah, look how clever I am. I made a quip about the god being over it. Right, but it's fair. So we start off with a moon in the puddle, and then, uh, sorry, before I called him Jarvis in my notes, I called him Mister Sarah because my favorite like non horror film is Labyrinth, and oh, dude, his wife is Sarah. Yeah. in that. So I love Labyrinth. Up top. That's why Brian's not on this episode. <laughs> I'm waiting for my kids to be just the right age to show them the movie. Dude, that scene with the fireies is the only part of that movie I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it just, it feels weird and it's just clunky. And if you cut that out, I mean, it's really a manageable movie in terms of time too. Yeah. My, my girls are pretty smart. I think they wouldn't like the uh, junk lady either. Oh, I like a junk lady though. Yeah. But it's a little bit on the darker side. Oh, for sure. So when she, yeah. They, yeah. They wouldn't be happy with that part. <laughs> I love when she's just piling the stuff on her and she's like, no, 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 no. You're fine. And I'm yeah. like, that's, that's what pharmaceuticals companies do to you. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so Jarvis lands and he's bleeding in the rain. There's a barking dog. And then he, uh, in the sh shadow, you see him sprout the wings and then he cuts off the wings and the shackle falls off. Uh, I felt that was rushed, but I get that they did it for budgetary reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was rushed and it kind of gives you like a glimpse like he's not free. He's an angel that's like being controlled by the caller, which is cool because they don't right. say overtly, oh, it's a good thing I cut my wings off and that means I'm free. <laughs> right. It's very but they do like this big halo that goes and like sucks into the collar and then it kind of explodes off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely. They didn't have to spoon feed us, which was nice. So good. Yeah. I think that. If you add a little bit of which X-Men movie was it where Angel's cutting his wings off in that gnarly scene as a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh. um, two, three, three, three. Yeah, three. You're right. That's three. Because that's where they start doing the whole medicine to cure and then they right. get Magneto. But then Magneto's not gotten. Ooh, at the end. I love <laughs> that so much. That's the cliffhanger I want. But anyway, something where he's you see the extent of his suffering, I think would help. Because as it stands, he's just like, 
oh yeah, like God told me to love people, so I decided to love people, and right. so I'm helping you out. Not I gave up like uh, dogma even with like I gave up eternity for this mission. Yes, that's cool. Right. Yeah, he's a little bit too much of like ultimate badass in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like he claims like he loves humanity, but as soon as he gets to the ground, he's just like. I'm so awesome and all you guys just have to shut up and listen and yeah. <laughs> you're like oh okay where he's like alright well um, I love you all but I don't care if you guys die right I'm just here he's for this just like trick. killing people anyway <laughs> but yeah and I love that he has like no moral dilemma like the idea that an angel could dispossess someone doesn't occur to him so he's like I'm just gonna kill them all <laughs> right no no exorcism or anything like that just like whatever no just blow them away so then he's in a warehouse then he attacks a dude through a glass stealing, which is badass. Yes. Again, that was kind of rushed because they also don't show much of that. It's just like he drops through where the guy is and then the guy's like uncomfortable. Yeah. Who is that guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. For all you know, he's a guy with a nine to five job and right. a mortgage and a family and but he's just sitting there. First of all, I will have to say this entire beginning is Terminator 1. Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Or two. To an extent. Yeah. I mean, well, they both kind of start out the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much like time warp well, I'm just, shows up I'm and he's like, oh, it. I'm naked. I got to get clothes and fit in. And it's like all the exact same. But instead of like the time, it's just wings flying from heaven. Yeah. His fish out of water and superpower makes me lean towards T2. But I see what you mean. Right. His physique is much more like, was it Michael Bean? Is that the name of the guy who yeah. played Hicks? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. in part one, it's still it's the same like goal that he has too. It's like, oh, I have to go find the mother of someone who's going to be the savior. It's literally. Oh, yeah. The first, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yes. Cool. He gets, uh, he stitches his wings. He gets armaments. There's an evil cop. But that part's weird too. Like, I mean, I do like the movie because they do go quickly through it, but he randomly opens up a door and it's just a giant room filled with tons of guns. Yeah. Like beyond the amount I've ever seen. And I've seen some guns. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It's weird. It, they, they, that scene, it very much, like I'm sitting there thinking of it. I'm like, did they do that because of the Matrix? Was the surplus kind of created that way? Because it has that kind of <laughs> sterile totally look does. of it. Yeah, like just the big hallway full of like massive amounts of guns. Yeah. With like nothing else in the room. So he yeah. gets his guns. Then this is the this is the hackiest part of the movie. Yes. There's the explosion in the shape of a cruciform. And that's how he gets out. And the cops are like, whoa, buddy. Like, let's sit and talk about this. And he's like, I ain't got time for your shit. <laughs> that's what he sounds like, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. British guy making an American kind of accent. Yeah. And so then they radio that there's an officer down and it has started and then the evil cop gets possessed. So, yeah. And this is the first time you see like a possession and it's kind of like the Matrix, too, where they they can just possess anybody. Wobbling. Yeah. yeah. They like shake their face really fast. And uh, yeah, then it's like then they have sharp teeth and weird eyes. That's it. Yeah. uh, I wish there was something that was angelic. Even if it was right. evilly angelic, like you know how they, there's like mermaids and then there's like the evil swamp mermaids. Yes, I kind of wish they did something like that to be like, okay, you can still have the sharp teeth, but maybe radiance coming out of their head like a halo. Right, something because yeah, you definitely just read like demon. Yeah, versus like no angelic anything. Which I love the idea that they're being possessed by angels. I think that's one of the more right. radical concepts. But then it's kind of wasted by looking the exact same. Right, and he's also an angel, but has no features like that. So. <laughs> and also, why did he give up his? angelhood if he could possess someone as an angel and use their body without giving it up i guess to get rid of the shackle but yeah to get rid of the shackle and i think they're all like lesser because he pretty much just demolishes all of them so he must be i don't know a g a g yep so then it cuts to 
uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee waking up in a trailer. And then there's the pregnant chick from John Wick and Orville, who is yes. uh, Urchin Mary. Heavy expository dialogue, but I think she's on S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that sounds correct. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, whatever. I tried really hard to watch that to get to the Robbie Reyes stuff with Ghost Rider. Yeah. Fuck it. I just skipped to the Ghost Rider stuff and then switch. <laughs> oh, they're also doing a um, Damien Helmstrom also for Hulu, which I think could be cool. Oh, all right. If done well. If they take lessons from the way that the Constantine show failed for CW, they could do a really good show with that. Yes. The Son of Satan, for those of you who don't know. So, uh, yo, they're talking about comic books again. I'm talking about <laughs> Satan in comic books, if you don't mind. Have some respect. For me, your humble host. But yeah, heavy expository humble, dialogue. Really? <laughs> I'm probably the humblest of the hosts. The fact that humblest exists as a word, I think is just the funniest thing about the English language. Yeah. <laughs> so she lays it on pretty thick that it's not his baby. He's never had sex with her. He, I don't think that he's ever had sex. Yeah. No, his not character bangs like that. is the weirdest character in like any movie. He's like this weird guy that's in love with this girl and he does anything for her even though she's carrying a baby from another man she doesn't even seem like she really cares about him other than she's just kind of using him yeah as for a place to live and a place right, to work yeah right and there's even a scene where like the dad comes out and he's like you're an idiot what are you doing <laughs> and he, he almost plays for laughs he's so fawning over her and doting and kind of aimless. right um it's just his a, character's just so dull you think he's like simple in the head he's yeah, just no. weird and he has the haircut of simple jack from yes. tropic thunder yes yes yeah. so yeah every time i see him that i don't know i have issues with this guy <laughs> yeah and i can i try to rectify it because at the end when he ends up getting the tattoos and he becomes the savior and the protector blah 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 that i understand that i like that as an idea and i know that it's supposed to be this transformative experience where you now have a man but He's not good enough in the rest of it to, for me to care. Right. And there's no real change or anything from what he was in the beginning. Except he has tattoos. Right. So, no. <laughs> yeah. There no. definitely need to be a bigger like character arc or something for that. Yeah. She says that she has to stop carrying the weight of the world. And it's a suspension joke is what I noticed. <laughs> it, I, it's a very weird scene. It cuts to the diner. And it's Randy Quaid. Do we give Randy Quaid? Oh, alimony. Yeah, He's hitting alimony. the TV. Yeah. And then the it, a lot of things are shown very quickly. He's hitting the TV to try and get the TV to work. The cook has a hook. There's a girl with a skort, short skirt, which is daddy issues. Yes. And then there's a couple judging her. And it turns out they're her parents. Yep. I mean, it, it's a montage. It's funny to me. They get all of that information out so simply, but then it comes immediately after a scene where she's like, this is not your baby. Why are you helping me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very strange. How would you do it, Chad? Oh, God. I don't know. Would I'd you actually... do like, a, like what is Scott Pilgrim or like Zombieland where like freeze frames on the person and there's like <laughs> the words. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd probably not dive into so many of the characters with so much characteristics. Maybe just have a few people that were just quiet yeah. um, in the film. And, you know, if they're going to die off later, whatever, they could have like maybe some part of a little bit of a character arc where you could see like because the Tyrese Gibson guy, they pretty much just paint him off as like a stereotypical like thug who carries a gun. Who's trying to do right. Yeah, who's yeah. trying to do right. So I don't know. I'd probably yeah, I'd probably take a lot of like the conversation that they've had in that whole scene. out. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think what it does effectively is it, it shows it doesn't tell. Right. And I think that you could do that with charlie or the you know urchin mary 
and Jeep Grand Cherokee really easily, but they just don't. Yes, I agree. You know, and also to reinforce the same exact conversation that Urchin Mary and Jeep Grand Cherokee have by talking to Alimony, the guy's dad. Those of you who haven't kept track, Jeep Grand Cherokee's dad is Alimony. He's even like, hey, it's not your kid. Why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. One or the other. That I don't could have been both. like a one liner and you would have been like, OK, fine. <laughs> but that, I think, goes to the point of at that point, it's filler. Yes. I mean, it's just trying to get there because it's cheaper than filming an action sequence and it's less horrific than, you know, yeah. building suspense with that Gladys scene or whatever. But the movie was long enough that they could just cut it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was. But I mean, what was it? A hundred minutes exactly. So it's an hour 40. I don't know. It's not bad. And also, like, people are dumb. And that's the thing. It's kind of a generic homogenized story to a certain extent. So you're wanting to get the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so we move on. Oh, God. There's jokes about. Oh, God. So the daughter, daddy issues. They're talking <laughs> about her short skirt and she talks about how she wants to be double teamed by truckers. Yes. And I'm like, don't slut shame yourself. <laughs> like It was so weird to it's be antagonistic. Yeah, it's because the parents were like making fun of like or not making fun of criticizing the way she was dressed. Um, at least the wife was and the dad was just like whatever <laughs> yeah but he's, he's like let me dad. just ask her <laughs> that's the dad who gave her the daddy issue so we know right why exactly but it's like kind of, you can already kind of tell there's a good cop bad cop scenario he's permissive and she's restrictive and you, you automatically establish she's like a troubled teen so when she has the heart to heart with like Tyrese later on and she's like oh yeah I was the bad influence that kind of works I just kind of wish they did that with the main characters yes I agree and also I wish that Paul Bettany Jarvis had some kind of deeper moment like that. Right. Um, not to naysay. Like, again, I like this movie. I, these are just things I, I'm saying these are just not, small 10 years later. That could yeah, yeah. make it a little bit better. Exactly. So if you want to recut this movie for us, go ahead. <laughs> send it our way. We'll review it. We'll watch it. Tyrese, Fast and Furious. You know what he's doing? Driving. And texting. And texting. <laughs> Jeopardizing the health of everybody on that lone road. Yep. So he pulls over because the map says the next stop is 50 miles and he sees uh, Urchin Mary sitting there smoking a cigarette yeah, while, pregnant. while pregnant. And he's like, hey, it's not good for the baby. But then they smoke together anyway. Right. He bums a cigarette off of her. Yeah. Oh, he, but then he's like, I'll give you two cigarettes when I buy one because she's like, I don't want to give you a cigarette. Right. And I was like, so the Urchin Mary is racist. <laughs> My only conclusion. Yeah, I guess so. So then. While they're standing together, Jeep Grand Cherokee's walking by with this old decrepit crib that he found. Right. He's like, is everything okay here? Because he's racist. Dude, <laughs> that's what I'm I saying. I see a black guy talking to a pregnant woman. <laughs> exactly. He's you like, must be in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to intervene with my white pride muscles. I mean, my white, my muscles. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he definitely, it, uh, it's a weird scene and they don't do anything redemptive. It's not like he's like, I will save you, black man. So it's just <laughs> kind of weird that it's it, I'm glad I'm not the only one who came across as like overtly kind of racist. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to just paint it as he's like super overprotected of, of her. But again, yeah, it's yeah. They could have reinforced that with other characters, though. Right. For sure. Yeah. So not the one guy that actually does have like a gun hiding. And yeah, <laughs> right. That's a whole issue in its own right. But like when she's inside, he doesn't, you know, get defensive of her with anybody else. And if he would have. The fact that he wouldn't with Gladys, the possessed lady, I think would have been great. Yeah. Let, let's say, for instance, Daddy from Daddy Issues is like, oh, hey, how's it going, Toots? And he's like, hey, back off, buddy. Yes. Or something like that. 
but then this old lady comes in and he's like, well, she's harmless. That reinforces an expectation. And then bam, when she's talking about the baby bird and you're like, fuck. Yeah, I can totally see that. That'd be a lot better. Would you be like, fuck. <laughs> yes. Fuck. All right. <laughs> so they enter the diner. Speaking of filler. Just kidding. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> Alimony criticizes her for smoking. And she says that he's one to talk. And then he gives the expository information that he carries his lighter from his ex-wife to remember him, to remind him of how much he hates her. Yes. And it says hope on the lighter. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Just have a lighter, asshole. Right. But I mean, it's... I get it's cutesy. It gives a point and purpose to it. But I don't need an explanation as to why some fuck ass has a lighter when they sell cigarettes. People are so dependent on cigarettes that literally the pregnant lady smoking. How about this? The pregnant lady throws him her lighter. Boom. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's just for like a very small like plot point. And at the end. Yeah. It's small, but it's also the climax of the movie. Right. Well, no, actually, no, 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 it's no. not. It's, yeah, yeah. It's that fight it's on the mountain. It's pre-climax. Ah. It's heavy petting. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so just a little bit of pre-cum spittle comes out, but it's not all the way. <laughs> So, yeah, where if you stopped right there, you'd still have like a crusty in yeah. your underwear. Yeah. Sucks so pee bad. Would fly everywhere. If you Glad I'm not 16 anymore. <laughs> so then it cuts to Jeep Grand Cherokee working on the crib. And this is where you get the scene with alimony being like, no, nah, dog, wrap that duke up. Don't get involved. You're going to pay alimony like me. And he's like, Dad, you were a disappointment and I hate you. And he's like, but I love you. And like, I love you, too. But then he goes into a little bit more of like how pissed he is with his wife. Right. Because yep. he's like, well, we moved here because they were going to open up a new road or something and they never did. Now we're stuck out here. And it's like, move. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally in the middle of the desert. It also like you can do other things like it's the desperation and the lack of problem solving makes it very conspicuous. That right. He suddenly is a problem solver and he's like, I'll blow everything up. <laughs> it's like, why did not you blow up the diner and get the insurance money seven years ago? Save us all the trouble. <laughs> yes. But uh, then Jeep Grand Cherokee tells him, you know, to get to the point where he's talking about being compelled to buy the diner and all that. He says that he's been having dreams about Urchin Mary. And he's like, look, I feel compelled to help her. And he's like, hey, I felt compelled to buy this bullshit. And <laughs> it didn't end up doing us any favors. So the point is you get an insurance policy on the diner. You blow it up. A life insurance policy on the baby. You blow it up. Done deal. Yeah. It's a big fucking deal. Moving on. There's static on the TV. There's a sandstorm that's coming in. I just don't understand the whole dream thing. Because if God wants the baby dead, somebody's still sending the dreams to him. And somebody is compelling him to take care of her. Plus, somebody compelled him to buy that diner so that they could be there in the future. This is where Marvel Comics would be rad. <laughs> because you have different senses of divinity. Like you have like the concept of existence right. or something like that. And I think that the concept of time would supersede the concept of God, even though arguably God created time because God would be restricted by time if you look at God in a linear path. Because people always look at his or his or her actions or whatever as they happen moment to moment. But I feel like if God was real, it would be like Dr. Manhattan where everything has happened. If, if you have no linear perception of time and no consciousness as a human does, everything has already accounted for. You're living all things at once and nothing at once. Yeah. That was way too esoteric for this episode, man. What the <laughs> fuck? It's a movie about violent angels. Uh, I'm embarrassing myself trying to sound smart. I'm a fil I referred to myself jokingly. I was like, I guess I'm a film reviewer now. And somebody was like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, oh, God, you're not supposed to reinforce my self-deprecating humor. You're supposed to lift me up. 
No. So you got alimony hitting the goddamn TV again, and then the emergency broadcast comes on. Effective, no? Yeah. I mean, it's just saying pretty much the rest of the world's in trouble. We're coming to the the beginning of the climb to the climax. (laughs) This is the pre-heavy petting? Yes. This is light petting? This is light petting. All right. I'm glad I'm speaking your language. <laughs> so then Tyrese is using the phone because he wants to talk and he talks to his baby mama, which it, it, the whole, the fact that he has the gun, the fact that he's going through a custody battle, it's trouble. Even that was racist. They like made him pay to use the phone on the back because the other payphone was broke. Yeah. <laughs> After refusing him a cigarette. Right. It's like, come on. So, but he's, he's redemptive because he's trying to do the right thing. He clearly has some kind of an anger issue when he's like, come on. Um, <laughs> It's weird. Jeep. Oh, this is a fun part. Jeep Grand Cherokee looks under the hood of daddy issues <laughs> and daddy's and mommy dearest's car. And it's a BMW where everything's like encased in plastic. And he's just like, Ugh. yeah, I think that was actually probably one of the funnier parts. Yeah, it, yeah, I thought it was very effective. And it shows like I'm podunk. I don't know what right. this means. Because they're literally in the desert and it. Yeah. He's trying to fix like a hundred thousand dollar car or something. But they've already been waiting while he fixed that fucking crib. So now he's Right, like, which is totally strange. And it's not even like a crib that he's had. He's like, Oh, I found it in the junkyard. So yeah, it's very strange. There's no sentimentality to it. And that's the baby's why I'm not saying, here, like, so you don't need to do it right is, now. I don't even know. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's yeah. just like, Yeah, I'm gonna go fix this half destroyed thing that I found in the junkyard versus my actual job that I'm getting paid to do. So yeah. It was Presumably, weird. yeah. Uh, so then here we come. Gladys enters the diner with her walker. Yeah. She orders. And her you sp- know, straight from the beginning when she walks in though. Oh yeah. Yeah. But also they blew this in the trailer. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. 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 But okay. still like the way they filmed it and everything like, yeah, you definitely knew like, oh, this, this old lady is not an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. The degree of menace that they use, it's very quickly established. And I love that. I, this is. This is the part of the movie that I think is artfully done in terms of it is effective in horror. It sets up a it's a great ramping up of the intensity of the film. I just wish there were more parts kind of like it. I totally agree. Yeah, and I yeah. think that a little bit of reshooting as far as like the light conditions and whatnot would have been better. But uh, yeah, overall, the scene's awesome. You want to take us through it or do you want me to do it? Uh, Sure, I'll do it. Um, so, yeah, the old lady Gladys, is that what her name yep. is? Uh, yeah, walks in with her little... Uh, or legged walker thing <laughs> all slow and they kind of overly make her sweet yeah uh, exactly. her voice is so like high and um she's all nice and cheery uh, talking to everybody talking to everybody yeah. which old people do oh yeah i love so that. annoying and mommy dearest falls <laughs> completely for it she's like oh well we're this and then nah, nah. and i thought that was great right and i was surprised that she was being nice anyway because that lady's like a terror the rest of the movie yeah yeah you're like oh you have no redeeming qualities at all Anyway, um, maybe we should call the daughter mommy issues now that I think about it. Yeah, I think so. I think she's rebelling against her mom more than anything. And dad's just like, whatever. So we'll change we'll change daddy issues to wire hangers if you know your Joan Crawford history. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, so anyway. Oh, God. We do this every time. Yeah. Uh, so she. Uh, what's the girls? <laughs> which one? Uh, Urchin uh, Mary? Urchin Mary. There you go. Yeah. yeah uh, shows her to a table because she's the waitress. Oh, also to your point. So mommy dearest does talk to her, but it's immediately self-serving because she's like, oh, the lines are down. Do you know anything about that? So right. She's not even being nice. She's trying to get something. Right. Because she's like a newcomer and she. Yeah. 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 There you go. OK, that, that works. That works out a little better. Hey, there you go. You saved it. <laughs> I try. Um. Anyway, so she sits down and she starts talking to 
Um, Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary asking about the baby. Um, she says that she wants a rare steak and they're like, oh, okay. So she goes back, gets her food. Um, and then she starts talking to mommy and wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I was establishing the whole scene. The delineation of it is correct. She orders the rare steak. She goes, when she brings the food back, that's when she asks about the marriage, not being married. Because that's when the flies are flying on it. So right. immediately you know this isn't what it appears. Which, did you like the flies on it or did you not? Because I, I very much did. I think that the Lord of the Flies thing is very underutilized in terms of satanic imagery. Yeah, no, it totally worked. It, it definitely felt like, I think we talked about this at dinner too, where kind of Sam raimi Yes. This whole Absolutely. scene is exactly like Sam Raimi. Very Evil Dead. Yeah. If you could do me a favor when you're editing the episode that you're on, if you could show the girl with the basement <laughs> when she's like, nah, nah, nah. That's perfect. So go ahead. Keep going. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, she asked about uh, where the father is. She said, oh, he's not in the picture. I'm using a lot of like he, she, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, so the um, urchin sure says like, oh, yeah, I'll be. Book. Yeah. She's like, oh, I don't need him. I'll be fine. And then. Uh, Gladys is like, well, your baby's going to burn. <laughs> and she's like, and she's what like, the what? fuck did you say to me? And she's like, I said your fucking baby's going to burn. <laughs> yeah. And she giggles. And then she's like, all the babies are going to burn. Right. She drops the C-bomb. Yeah. Dude. And it's like the turning point for this like sweet old lady that you're like, oh my God, she's definitely evil. But like, think about this. If a real life old lady was saying shit like that, you can't punch her in the head. And you're super far away Why from the not? cops. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I love that situation because I, I love the moral like conundrum. Like when we did the omen, like perception wise, when the pe like the like the people at that wedding are judging Gregory Peck and his wife because Damien is throwing a temper tantrum in the car. Like, it's very easy as and you know this as a dad. If you wanted to, alpha male style, you could just smack your kid or assert physical dominance, no question. But it's the moral impetus, it's the emotional impetus that stops you from doing that. And I love scenes like this where you ostensibly do have the physical power to do something, but propriety says there's no way you would strike or do anything of retribution to this innocent looking old lady. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's why like so many old people get away with being so racist. <laughs> All the time. Because <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely, you can't just slap her. Yeah. Although this lady could take it. So, yeah, dude. So, this is where daddy of daddy issues uh, tries to confront. And so she bites him on the neck. And then there's the eerie string sound effect. Per Percy throws the skillet at her, which is awesome. <laughs> right. Which definitely feels a little bit like the whole co comedic, like Sam Raimi thing as well. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Just like hits her in the head and it leaves like a huge cut. But then she gets back up. And this That's is where she This is where she wall. jumps. Yeah. Like off the wall and starts climbing on the roof. Yeah. And everyone's just freaking out. Then she hits alimony and there's this terrible sound effect that reminds me of the end of Event Horizon that hurt my soul. <laughs> yes. And even when she hit him, like she does, like definitely an, it's an old lady. She just kind of like straight yeah. arms, like slaps him. But then you could tell like the wire is pulling him and everything. Right. And so exactly. What does Tyrese do? Uh, or concealed carry, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, I guess the this is the only character development part that we missed is Jeep was supposed to. Um, picks up a shotgun off the floor and is supposed to shoot her and he doesn't. And yeah, so Tyrese then blows her away from the back with yep. his concealed carry gun. And that's the end to a great character. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's almost a shame she doesn't do any other jump scares or anything later on. There's a lot of right. potential there. But it's also good they're not beating a dead horse. Yeah, true. Yeah, it worked. I mean, because they're, yeah, they're introducing so many other like threats that uh, 
this one just needed to end, I think, quick. Yeah. But this is also where they zoom or zoom in and like look that she has the super sharp teeth. And uh, that's kind of like the telltale for the possession of the angels. Yeah. And it's also weird because Paul Bettany doesn't have sharp teeth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's what we said. It's just weird. So like uh, going back, the one identifiable characteristic isn't even identifiable to the angels. So give me a halo. Give me something. Let's move on. <laughs> right. Um, so even her being a halo or halo being an angel, though, is kind of strange with her uh, just being saying like the C word and stuff. I was like, can you make her? I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with the Lord of the Flies thing because they just make her so much of like pure evil demonish versus like we could be angels going to kill you. And I understand it wouldn't be as much horror, but she's following the strict letter of the biblical law, though. You're an adulteress. You're going to hell. So, I mean. You could take it that way. But then the fact that she has, you know, eating the raw flesh and, you know, in, in I think that's why Seventh Day Adventists are all vegetarian is because you're not supposed to consume the blood. And so there are biblical things that completely counteract that. But I think that the methodology of her being that evil is because she's anchoring everything on. Well, you're not being a good Christian. OK, it's a tenuous reach. I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say that goes against everything else, though, that the Bible talks about. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so OK. So this is where Concealed Carry gives his lovely scarf to the father who's bleeding to death on the floor and the girl's shuddering, blood's dripping down from the ceiling. And they take the husband to the SUV because they're like, we're getting the fuck out of Dodge. And then what happens, Chadley? They drive into a huge cloud of insects. Swarm. Yes. I love when it's coming through the vents like that. Yeah, it's it's totally cool. Basic, I, yeah, a like basic effect, but good effect. Right. Even the driving up to it, they're like, what is it? Is it cloud? And clouds don't buzz, blah, blah, blah. It's uh, It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like the way that they did it, it uh, definitely is very effective. Looks better than the mummy when the mummy does like the face in the sandstorm. Yes. But for they, sure. Like, I, I'd be totally down with like a face in the sandstorm or something. Also, there was, um, or the swarm rather, there's a Marvel Comics character just because I decided to talk about <laughs> comics once. I'm going to do it all the time called Swarm. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is one radioactive bee who brings a bunch of other bees together to create a humanoid shape and be an evil villain. Okay. Pretty dope, right? Yeah. He wears a bonnet. So you just have to find the one bee. Yep. <laughs> so then they cut to Jeep and he's puking because he couldn't pull the trigger. He froze. His dad says, not everyone can play the hero. I love that. Because it's like, <laughs> bro, you gave up on your hopes, your dreams. You have a pathetic life. You suck. And now you want your kid to suck, too. I really think that's a great scene. Yeah, because his dad the whole time, he's like, stop being a loser following this girl around. Oh, you can't even shoot someone to save someone else. He's just like, yeah, you're you're a loser. Yeah, and <laughs> this is meanwhile after he got punched across the floor and you know, right. he's a loser too. Like, And that's because, yeah, because Alimony was trying to take her out with a shotgun. When she's on the roof, she's he's like totally letting loose. Yep. Yeah. So then they go to Gladys's body and it's warm even though she's dead. So they take it outside. And there's no flies outside anymore, even though they just had to fly back because or drive back because of it. Again, this is almost goes back to the void episode where they burn the body on the gurney and send it out. I like that they take it away because it kind of rules out, at least at this part, that Gladys would be coming back and doing a jump scare. Yes. It's too tiresome. Right. And you can't just have the body in there because they film the rest of the movie in there. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the things I would like is if you saw like footprints of her scampering away. But not necessarily that she came back because I think that with her crab walk on the ceiling or whatever, it could be so much cooler to have the threat of, well, she's somewhere. Right. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I think of these things and it's like, I wish somebody would have consulted with me when I was working at Starbucks (laughs) part time when this movie came out. 
So LAPD, the car approaches and Charlie's holding her belly, approaches it holding her belly. Michael is watching, which is Paul Bettany, who's come and intervened. Quaid wants to see his teeth to see that it, he's not evil. They're not sharp. And then there's the gun on Quaid. It's a it's an odd introduction, but it's effective and it's quick and it moves on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just him saying, I'm a bigger badass than you because I'm holding a shotgun at you, telling you to do all this stuff. He snatches it away and points the gun at his forehead. And he's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. And it's cool because they know it's LAPD from afar. And it's like, clearly, this is something weird. So yes. it gets their attention. Like if you've ever it's weird being from California and going to a place that's even like relatively podunk because people actually care. Right. To us, it's just humdrum home. Like people think the Hollywood's rad. Hollywood smells like piss. It does. And I don't trash like everywhere. Yeah. Like <laughs> so people think that it's this like glamorous thing. It's like it's not. It's so serious. I went to Dallas once and I was like, oh, it's like L.A. but clean. <laughs> yeah. But humid. Yeah. Not I, I'd rather have piss than humidity. Sorry. Oh, all right. You're not the same. No, I can literally live in any weather. Cold, You're a weird hot. Person. I am weird. Too fucking nice. <laughs> I, it just makes me angry. I'm like, I just got clean. Why do I have to shower again? So um, Michael that notes that more of the villains will be approaching. And so there's a little quick baby montage of them barricading themselves into the diner. And then the ice cream truck appears. Yes. This is a big missed opportunity for me. Doug Jones. Right. And everything. Yeah. Just, you guys have. Quick. Yeah. You have like one of the best like creature actors and he's like three minutes. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Probably not even that. Yeah. And he's in the trailer. I mean, that the scene where he's yelling and his jaw just kind of keeps drooping is very effective. It, it, it's like a familiar effect that you see in cartoons, but it's so disorienting to see in this kind of venue. I really like. Yeah, I definitely did. And I don't even think that was the best part. I think the best part is his arms grow super long so he could do like this very. Spindly. different yeah type of like a crab walk which i thought was pretty cool yeah it's like a gallop yeah to it, which is kind of cool almost like the way a gorilla would move but with really long appendages exactly and it's weird because alimony is like excited to hear the the ice cream truck yeah it reminds me of he's like bleeding out and he's like or yeah no the other guy right? the other guy yeah yeah yeah. the guy who doesn't smoke anymore but carries his lighter <laughs> like a hot dog hopefully i have enough pennies to rub together to buy myself a push pop after i pay this alimony <laughs> So he crawls out. Tyrese, he says. He doesn't look so bad. He, yeah, he don't <laughs> look so bad, uh, which is very specifically the vernacular he uses. And then there's cars pulling up and there's shooting. This is where you get the gratuitous explosion on the very minor fender bender. Do you right. remember this? Yeah. It, yes. What, it's very innocuous, but because it's an action movie, boom. There's a little girl who comes out with the demon black eyes and a balloon when they're all of them walking forward. Yeah. Big fan, reminiscent of the little girl from Dawn of the Dead for me. Liked it, right? Uh, little kids, you you uh, you like scary little kids because you have two of them. Yeah, yes. I'm not usually scared of kids, but my kids could be creepy at four in the morning with their hair in their face. Yeah, uh, I could see it. Yeah, my children do it all the time. They'll walk up to my side of the bed, not my wife's. I don't know how she <laughs> got that free pass. Get a jail free card. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you have girls like they have long hair and when they sleep it's all over the place and just hangs in front of their face like the ring girl and they'll just sit there and stare at me and i'm like what the heck kid (laughs) just you can wake me up you can say daddy but even when they do that they sound creepy because they're so tired they're just like daddy and you're (laughs) like oh my god thanks for waking me up (laughs) yeah your littlest one hates me so i can only imagine what it'd be like because she always like 
I don't know if she's glowering at me or if she's trying to like pop my head like a grape. I feel like you should have her checked because she might be in like one of the characters from Scanners. But I can only imagine what that would be like hovering over your bed. No. Good. Yep. She's uh, pretty serious sometimes. <laughs> she yeah, she's your stoic. And then your oldest is like, woo, let's party. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, oh, you're loud and crazy. We're going to get along just fine. <laughs> But can you imagine if you're loud and crazy and then you have another, the other one's going to be the opposite. Yes. Because one has all the attention. Yes. <laughs> so here's a weird one. A demon jumps through the window and takes the father out of the diner and says, see what you made me do, mother. Right. Yeah. That I was like, I was like, is there a clip missing that this happened? Like, I, it I don't no understand it. Because daddy issues is still there. Right. I don't understand what's going on. Is there another kid that they like left at home? Right. I I have no idea for this. Maybe. I thought they were I thought it was like a clip where they thought they were going to take away uh, daddy issues and she was going to be the demon lady. And then I was like, no, that didn't work. Doesn't make sense. Because then also the dialogue that she has with Tyrese on the roof or concealed carry, it's it doesn't seem like it was written for anybody else because that perspective doesn't work. Right. Very weird. Very strange. I guess maybe she's calling her mother in the sense that it's like a title of mother, not my mother. I guess. I hope so. Otherwise, a glaring plot hole that just took up 27 seconds of conversation. Unless they're talking about it as being the urchin, uh, her being the mother for the new coming of Christ. Oh, okay, that's fair. But still, it's still strange if the angels are... Well, it's perfect that you say that because this is where we get to the scene of exposition where Paul Bettany uh, Jarvis is telling Alimony, Hey, bud, uh, this is the plan. God is doing effectively a new flood. And he's going to kill all of you and start completely over and refers to the angels as, quote, an extermination. Yes. Cool. This is where you get the rule and you find out the angels are not demons and that the people who are possessed is that. Again, it'd be very nice if you had some kind of trace of that. Like if they had had halos all throughout, you'd be like, that's weird. But maybe it's like Ghost Rider and his head's on fire or something. And then when he says that, you're like, ah, it's the Eureka moment. I get that it's an angel. But none of that happens. And we're 10 years too late to give that criticism. <laughs> yes. I think halos wouldn't work, but yeah, definitely having like some minor glow or something like we discussed would probably be better. I think it's the cheapest option in terms of a special effect. Like right. That. Because if it were up to me, I think what I would do is have them have shadows that had wings. But okay. then it's too on the nose and it's too easy to tell that they're demons right. or angels, not demons. Which has been done. Supernatural does it all the time. Yeah. I've never watched it. Oh, all right. What, 50 fucking seasons or something like that? I've seen every single one. Jesus. You I told you, everything. I watch everything. I just like sit at home and plug in like the Matrix. It's like, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Oh, yeah. Alimony tells him he doesn't believe in God. And so he's like, God doesn't believe in you either. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're all here to kill you. <laughs> I fucking love it because it's it, like it works on many levels. He's obviously talking about man as a species, but he's also at the same time being like, no, you personally, you suck. Like <laughs> yeah. you're a lame ass person. <laughs> and the fact that you would tell an angel after a demon punched you across this fucking room that you don't believe in God is a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, walking on the roof and everything. Yeah, it's it's very strange. I The weird, like, I completely don't believe in anything after something completely supernatural happens is always like so weird for me. Like it's like in the movie, like the giant case of denial that just keeps continuing on. It's like, how much more do you need to see before you believe is annoying sometimes. Yeah, I mean, reasonable belief makes sense. You know, if somebody is seeing something on TV and they're like, oh, that could be Photoshop or whatever. OK, that's fine. I would be that cynical. Right. But when you have somebody who's like 
witnessing it in person it's like an old lady that's in her like 80s to 90s running on the roof you're like oh yeah i i give up (laughs) also a swarm of locusts that lasts for five seconds only when you're trying to flee but as soon as you get back completely dissipates right yeah that kind of stuff we move on we're now on a rooftop scene where you have what did we name the one-handed cook oh did we name him yeah we totally did i forget mr hookhand (laughs) I don't know. Oh, Hookie Cookie. Let's call him that. Okay. Uh, he confronts him about having his gun. And he then Concealed Carry says, it's only for protection. I've never used it. I've just flashed it. Well, that makes it so much better that you're carrying a firearm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I use it to intimidate people. I don't really hurt them. <laughs> Bless your little heart. Uh, and then Percy Hookie Cook tells him the story of his dad asking if he would be proud if today was his last day. And that's the best acting in the film. Yeah. I agree. A very simple moral. Uh, it makes the character humanizing. It builds their relationship, though it's never really played on again. And it, it felt less like a filler conversation than any of the other ones that occur in or on the diner. Yes. Moving on to the interior, Quaid, uh, Dennis Quaid, whose alimony gives Mommy Dearest a beer. And it's a small detail, but I liked it. Did you notice that when she takes the beer from him, she takes her wadded up snot Kleenex and wipes off the mouth before she opens it to take a drink? <laughs> no, I didn't. It establishes her like <laughs> status very well, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> so then uh, we find out that Michael was a soldier who was a general in the army and he was given an order he didn't believe in and he lost faith in God. And he talks very specifically about how humans were the object of God's affection. So he loves them. And he is talking to Jeep and tells him that people like Jeep are the reason that he has faith in humanity because, uh, you know, because he's simple. He's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. It. No, it's weird because that's what I was thinking is like they should definitely make this guy super compassionate, which they try to, but they just make him seem more like, yeah, I am an idiot and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, This guy just needed to be more of like a monk type of character, like super stoic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Super forgiving, super, yeah, nice. Not have any way of just being stupid because then it's like, why would they want to save us. The thing I have a hard time with is a lot that um, faith is just meant to supplant objective questioning, right? Like in this scenario, it's just the fact that he blindly is wants to move forward, but that's not practical at all. That's naivete. If you know that there's a risk and you're just like, oh, things are going to work out. That's not faith. That's ignorance. And I think that that's something that I kind of didn't like about this scene, but because the character is almost portrayed in like a comedically dumb way. It kind of made it seem like maybe Paul Bettany was kind of being tongue in cheek in that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, you, I'm going to pat you on the head, you simpleton. Thank you for all the help. Yeah, it could. But it doesn't make sense at the end because he's like, oh, no, you're going to be the one to completely watch over her. Yeah. So I don't know. Then it cuts to a lookout view. It's like a in heaven, I guess. It's a flashback of Michael and Gabriel having a discussion about, you know, loving man and, and defying God. Super brief. It's cool because it establishes a backstory. So when you see Gabriel later, you're like, ah, it's that guy. Right. And it shows a little bit of like, I guess what heaven looks like, which is strange, but crappy. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Was Gods of Egypt movie? It looked just like that. It did. Yeah. Like pyramids in the sky sort of thing and yeah. long hallways. And you're like, oh, okay. So then the mom wakes up. Mommy dearest wakes up in the interior of it. She goes to the window and she sees the husband, daddy from daddy issues on an inverted cross covered in CGI boils. Yes. And so she elbows Tyrese in the face. She pushes her daughter 
She opens the door. Uh, you have the cook tries to grab her and pull her in. As the boils explode, he turns his back to keep her protected. They walk in, he pushes her in, and he falls face down. Backbone. He's the backbone of the room. That's, That's what, what it was. was. Yeah, backbone. And I thought it was a fun effect. Super cool. Because he's also the only religious one there. Exactly. So that's why it was the backbone too. Yeah. I loved it. I thought that was a fun kill. Um, predictable to a certain extent, but I thought it was fun. Right. Yeah, I agree. I liked it. In the fridge, you have the scene where Alimony's upset because he's saying it's his fault because on lookout at the time was Jarvis and Alimony, which is kind of weird. That they weren't like circling. And <laughs> so Alimony fell asleep. So he's saying it's my fault. That my friend's dead who I've worked with for years and everything because I couldn't stay awake. Yeah, it was your fault. Like, you should feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the dining area. The girl is trying to help her mom, gives her some meds, whatever. The mom says it's the daughter's fault and they were only moving because of her. Tyrese intervenes. Then there's the radio broadcast. They talk about safe areas. Michael is like, that is not happening. We are not going there. That's a right. terrible idea. Did the voice on the radio sound like Optimus Prime to you? <laughs> oh, I don't remember it that well. It sounded exactly like it to the point where I am willing to be Googling it right now on the air. So if you don't mind looking at the storeroom, uh, Trago oh. and Cheap are talking. I will. Uh, yeah. So she starts talking about how she doesn't even want the baby. Um, and Jeep. Jeep has faith in her. Yeah. She's like, he's like the blind faith that he has in her that she's going to be able to be good at everything. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. That. God. Every time, man, with this guy. I just kind of tune him out too. <laughs> yeah. So it's him just saying, Oh, I totally believe in you, even though you're smoking while pregnant. <laughs> and yeah, you don't even know whose baby it is, or they don't, they kind of allude to that. It's kind of strange. So but I think it's the fact that she doesn't know because it's immaculate conception. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange though, because he's just totally like, I totally believe in you when you've shown me absolutely nothing of why I should trust you character or fortitude. Exactly. And that's when he says, stop feeling, you know, let me know when you stop feeling sorry for yourself. So at least you see, he has some kind of a spine, albeit weak. Right. Rooftop. You got Tyrese and the girl. They talk about her ex being into guns. So that's why she knows what guns are. But she tells him that it wasn't her friends who were the bad influence. It was her goats back to the interior. The radio comes back on car approaches. Jesus Christ. The car is like a minivan. <laughs> There's a kid inside. The yeah. dad gets hit by another car. The kid is there. This is so obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a ploy. It's basically they all are completely normal. The guy tries to fill his car with gas. All the angels come and start like grouping around them like they're going to mob kill them. And uh, Tyrese is like, no. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> he jumps and slides down off the roof, goes to save the kid. He's uh, holding all of them back. And he's holding the kid close to his chest. And then the kid goes, I fooled you and bites his neck. Yep. And then the girl tries to kill the kid, but she's out of ammo. So she hides in the van. And then this is where Prego, Urchin Mary tells yes. Jarvis, she's like, yo, dog, if you don't do something, I will. And he's like, well, I can't have you doing that. So let me take these fancy guns and go do something. <laughs> uh, the best part of this is when he uses the gas pump as a flamethrower, right? Yes, for sure. And then other than that, we're done because boom, she starts going into labor. The horn sounds black lightning. Then you can see the horde of people around the diner, which is great because they're all standing. It's almost like the cover of that horror noir documentary that's out now where there's that kind of silhouetted with this eerie kind of blue light. Simple. I like it. Gets to the point. And then you have Paul Bettany telling them that even though she gave birth to the baby, they're not safe. They're going to have to run forever. 
Um, my wife. Well, they're not safe, but they are safe from the lesser angel. Correct. Because like they can't come in and kill the new Jesus now. Exactly. Because he's too strong. But somebody <laughs> like Gabriel can. Right. So that's what he's kind of like. My wife hated the fact that they used a doll for the baby. I was actually very happy that they did because it drives me crazy when you see like a two-year-old baby in fake <laughs> placenta. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah, they're so big and fat. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then the baby cry hurts the ears of the monsters, which is kind of cool. It, it instantly shows that power that you're talking right. about. Uh, the uh, admit that the what, admits that the baby was not supposed to be born. Oh, yes, obviously the the mom steals the baby because she wants to escape because it had tied her up because she was going so crazy. Mom being mommy dearest, the mother of right. daddy issues. And she tries to kidnap the kid. And the daughter's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, come on, we're leaving. We want to go. And so they shoot her. The bad guys, monsters take her from behind. They catch the baby. No, this is, uh, yeah, this is Gabriel that snatches her out the door. Is it Gabriel? Yeah, because the glowing light. And they show him like his eye vision flying through the air. That's right. I even had a note about it. Kind of like Lost Boys. Yes. Yeah. And so when that happens, uh, there's a big light building behind her. And you're like, okay. Obviously, she's going to get like ripped through the door or whatever. Yeah, I have angel vision flying down. And then the mom says, it's just one baby. That kind of bargaining is it's like Sophie's choice kind of. It's like, I'll I'll trade this stranger's baby for my baby, even though I hate my baby because she's the reason my husband died. But whatever, it's no big deal. (laughs) Uh, Then, yes, Jeep catches the baby and he and Gabriel enters with the wings swinging the mallet or mace. I love that his wings are bulletproof. Yes. Super dope. This is the totally this is the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. When he guts alimony with his razor wings, super cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, that's so sweet. This is like the first time I think I've seen like an angel in like a battle where I was like, oh, this is super cool. The way that they've completely shown like what it would be like if an angel is actually fighting. Yeah, exactly. Not just like someone just flying around and just catching people yeah. like in the X-Men movies. God damn. <laughs> angel is so useless because oh. he's, you know. He's underutilized. The idea that you could like tuck those wings into a trench coat and just walk around. I, mean, I don't like the a lot of the X-Men, and he's probably my least favorite one for that reason. But Archangel is oh, badass. Yeah. And I feel like they Because took- that's very similar. He has like the metal wings. He could shoot out like metal like knives out of his wings. And he's demented because he's right. been corrupted by Apocalypse to be the angel of war or the horseman of war. Right. So or death. He's know. death. He's one of the four horsemen. Yeah, of the Apocalypse. <laughs> Hence the name Apocalypse. Apocalypse. But um but yeah. yeah, anyway, he so, does come in and he uh, has like a little talk with his brother. Yeah. Michael. And Michael tells Jeep, you know, to learn or to get gather the prophets and learn to read the signs. And he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, you'll know. You'll know because <laughs> we don't really want to tell you in the movie. Yeah. Which I'm grateful for. Yeah. They could have had a scene where they like rushed to the fridge. and He's like, OK, you're going to get tattoos. And the tattoos <laughs> are going to mean this. And this is that. No, fuck off. Just say. Right. It. So uh, they get to. Uh huh. Get to character with bag head wheezing hit car with stick. Yes. So basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, go out the back. I'm going to deal with Gabriel. They walk out the back and all of the angels have their heads kind of like bowed, leaving a pathway for the new Jesus because he's too powerful now for them to kill. They can't even really look at him, I guess, because they're kind of all have their head bows, uh, heads bowed. Oh, (laughs) and so then they start walking to a car and then there's this one guy that has a (laughs) bag on his head with a stick and he's just hitting the car. Yeah, I can. And I was like, it. what? This is so strange. Without context, it's not. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So then there's the dialogue with Gabriel and Michael. They clap hands. There is no other way. And they duel. All yes. right, cool. Kind of a generic fight scene. Not generic, but, you know, 
predictable fight scene. He does the same thing where he tries to gut Michael with the wing, doesn't right, quite work. He flips onto his back. He starts trying to choke him out. Gabriel stabs himself through with a mace, killing Michael, who dies and lights up. And dissonance. Yep. <laughs> so suddenly, Jeep gets covered in tattoos, and he's like, the instructions. Lightning. Oh, yeah. This is where you have alimony doing the lighting of the lighter and says, sorry, we're out of business and does the explosion. You should have said that 15 years ago. Yeah. Fucking insurance money, bub. (laughs) But whatever. Gabriel flies out and lands on a car on their car. They slam the brakes. He flies through and out hitting the road. The baby who is less than an hour old gets in a car accident where the car is flipping and twisting and slamming. Completely fine. Well, it's Jesus. The second coming of Jesus. Yeah. They crawl out. (laughs) But mommy issues dies in the car. They don't show her at all. Oh, yeah. They're like, the (laughs) uh, what is it? Jeep goes, what about uh, mommy issues? And uh, Urchin goes, -uh." (laughs) nah. And that's it. Uh -uh. deal. (laughs) And he's like, oh. Maybe baby Jesus could have used those healing hands or the resurrecting hands. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. There's a reason why she was mommy issues and not Lazarus. But, um. So Jeep tackles Gabriel off of a cliff like raw. He has wings like right. not going to work. And so he says, fuck you. And suddenly Michael appears with wings and he's like, this can't be. You disobeyed him. And then this is the the hacky kind of the Dr. Line. Phil line. Where Do he's the like, line. <laughs> like, you gave him what he wanted. I gave him what he did. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> It sounds like something that some hoe says to some wife on Jerry Springer. You know yes. what I mean? Like, you thought that he wanted that, but he wanted to get railed in the ass with my dick. And it's like, oh, we're going to fight. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's perfect. So then he refuses to kill Gabriel. And then Gabriel's like, I would not have shown you such mercy. And then he replies, I know. That's, that's why, why you, you failed. failed. Him. And that's the good line. Yes, that's yeah. the better line. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because that's it shows... That, that's New Testament Jesus, who I'm okay with. Old Testament can kind of fuck off. <laughs> well, there's no Old Testament Jesus. That's the point. But I think you get my meaning. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Michael flies away. And then it's them looking at the hilltop as the sun rises. And they descend into the valley. Then they're driving in a car. Well, there's a whole like city in the valley, too. Yeah. So, But they're driving away from it, which is weird. Yeah. And the baby is not in a car seat. Nope. Bitch, you knew you were going to have a kid. Like you've known it for eight months. <laughs> Come on now. But the kid flies through the car anyway. Yeah. I mean, the kid's fine. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder if he like is bouncy and they could do the what is it, toxic Avenger thing that we were talking about <laughs> with Shaquille O'Neal and Kazan. Yeah, the, where he just rolls him up in a ball and bounces him. Yeah. Jeep's sitting there and he's like, I want to play hoops. And Urchin's like, well, I, we don't have a ball. And he's like, let me see that baby. She's like, not again. You're going to draw attention to us as we're like skulking around the Midwest. And she, Southwest, sorry. Is it Southwest? They don't even say where it is. I don't know. They don't, yeah, I don't even think they say. We'll say Southwest. Well, uh, they say that they're close to Vegas, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where uh, Thug is from. Exactly. Or going. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. We're done. Credits roll. Chad, trash, classic, trashic, tragic. Oh, uh, I always forget those are. Classic is good, good. Trashic is good, bad. Tragic is bad, bad. Good, bad. Trashic. Yeah. Yeah. Trashic that could have been classic is my opinion. Well. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's I not going to yeah. be Blood Diner. It just doesn't. There's nothing that will. And th- this movie, that's the frustration is it's a trashic because of failures in genre. But overall, it did what it did well. Right. I would have liked to see practical effects. But I, I'm, you know, 
a stickler for practical effects. I even was as a kid watching Independence Day. So right. I'm not the guy to ask, really. I think, uh, yeah, definitely having a little bit more horror aspects versus just action. It would have been even better. Yeah. Especially like, because the action I mean, is like, aimless. Like just shooting right. a they gun They shut in off directions. the power at some time. If you had like some of the angels getting in and like totally killing some of them in like more creepy way would be much better. Then just, just like, like we're going to just randomly yeah. shoot constantly like an old 90s action. Yeah, like a, it's a, a random silhouette of an angel inside when the light's dark and then, you know, it cuts away, then it cuts back and it's gone. Something like that could be really effective, super right. simple, low cost, but sets its tone. Didn't do it. But like I said, the movie's fun. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I, I recommend Priest as well. If you haven't seen that or if you have seen that, you'd like us to review that. Well, let us know. I'd be interested in doing it. Maybe Chad can get back in the co-host seat and we can do that one next. Hey, yo. Oh. Chad's like, <laughs> fuck that. Let's take a poll. If uh, if I at least have 30%, I'll uh, do one. <laughs> 30%. So what are the options? 30% for priest is the minimum for you to come back and do it? Yep. What's the other option? Chad fucks off? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I will put that poll up personally. So Chad, why don't you use that fancy catchphrase that I gave you and we'll get out of here for the week. Oh my God. I forgot that too. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Enjoy killing time. Until next week. And for Chad, <laughs> I am Jake speaking for Brian, who is elsewhere, not on the screen, r- reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. Back again so soon. It's another week. It's another hidden track. This one is Twilight Creeps doing their song Night of the Demons. You can find these goons at Twilight Creeps on Instagram or simply twilightcreeps.com, which has access to their YouTube page, their Instagram, their Facebook, their Twitter. They have booking information there. They even have a phone number so we can do some prank phone calls. Don't do that. Please don't. That's the last thing I need on my conscience. And uh, if you do enjoy what you hear, make sure to go give them a follow. Let them know how you found them. That way they know that they didn't waste their time emailing me their song. And once again, Twilight Creeps doing Night of the Demons, which, hey, fits pretty well with Legion, even though it's Night of the Evil Angel Possessions. But whatever. Don't complicate things. Say goodbye
time to say goodbye.